Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast dedicated to teaching, sharing, learning the game. Thanks for joining me today. I'm your host, Steve Kramer, alongside the CB shooting coach, Coach Jaden Nichols. And on this episode, he is breaking down shooting diagnostics, how he evaluates players. When I get an email from somebody in Northwest Ohio, because they still think that I live in Northwest Ohio, which is somewhat of a compliment because we're working with players all over the place. And then I write them and say, hey, I don't actually live in Northwest Ohio anymore. But here's the email of my guy, Coach Jaden Nichols, coaches high school basketball, junior high basketball. He he's he's the main guy. And especially if you want to work on shooting, you got to go see him. And so we've had who knows how many com, uh, conversations about shooting the basketball off air at our camps, all that stuff, something that we're both super passionate about. And Coach Nichols, you have something that you you call shooting diagnostics and really how you help evaluate a player's shot. And I think that's one of the most important things when it comes to shooting the basketball is the evaluation process, understanding what are the strengths, what are the weaknesses, right? It's one thing for us to go in as a coach and say, here's all the stuff I know, boom, there you go. But it's a whole nother level when you get the player to be able to understand their own strengths and their own weaknesses so that they can take the information that you give them and move forward with it. And that's what you're breaking down in this episode, some of those keys to understand. How do you want to preface this episode right here? Yeah, I guess we got to start with knowing that shooting is equal parts math and art. Mm -hmm. So I've seen a lot of coaches talk about shooting and they usually camp out in one of the areas. They talk about here, all the specific mechanics you need, or this needs to feel a certain way. It's both. So we recognize that we recognize that God created everyone different. So every player is going to have a different shot. Steve says that at every single camp we do. And I preach that to all, all the students that I work with too. So when we're evaluating our shot, we're not just trying to fix a problem. We're trying to help players build self-awareness. And so there's conversations inside of our head that happen when we shoot the basketball and we're trying to coach them to, to create them into progressive conversations and not just, dang, I missed a shot. I suck. We hear that from players all the time at the high school level. That's not helpful. That's not going to help you make the next shot. So if we can if we can diagnose what the problem is or what the common issue is, because every shooter has a common issue. For example, my own personal common issue is my feet. Sometimes my feet aren't wide enough. Sometimes they get too narrow. I get a little off balance. I recognize that. It doesn't matter how many years I've been shooting the basketball. I still have that problem sometimes. And so every player has a thing. And so... It's not about just fixing and becoming perfect. It's about getting to a spot where we're just aware of what's going on. Another one of my favorite statements is, and this goes with shooting, I think, especially, but be it a Christian, God's love is not performance-based. It's so easy in everything to tie our value in our performance, especially with something like shooting where we see the results right away. Another one of my favorite quotes by Zig Ziglar, I put it on our shooting, one of our shooting handouts, which is, I mean, for on YouTube, you guys can see this is one of our shooting handouts we give to all our kids. And I put this quote by Zig Ziglar on there. Remember that failure is an event, not a person. So if you're not shooting the basketball well, it, it just happened that you didn't go in, right? That doesn't mean anything about who you are, right? And so we get so tied up with shooting the basketball and, and I, I'm speaking to myself right here. Like I'm extremely hard on myself, right? So if I go into a workout or a game, I didn't shoot it very well. I'm kind of beating myself up. I'm beating myself up. Say, Don't do that. How is that helping me become a better basketball player down the road? It's not. 
just what can I take from that, that event, it happened. What can I take from it, learn from it, understand that it's not tied into who I am and the value that I have as a person. Okay, cool. Roger that. Let's keep it moving. And now I'm better moving forward. So understanding that mindset thing is 100% huge, huge value. And then we go into some of these additional diagnostics, which you start to evaluate when players are shooting. You know, how do you start digging into that? Yep. So the way we start with a shooting diagnostic is I'm just going to watch you shoot for a good two, two minutes, two, three minutes. And I'm going to, I'm going to watch from every angle. So I might rebound for you for the first, for first minute, next minute, I'm going to have you rebound. I'm going to come and watch from the side, see if there's anything else I can see. And then if we have more time, I might watch from behind and see, see what I noticed there. And so I'm trying to get a full picture of, of what a shooter looks like. And then I just start asking these questions and I have, I think 27 questions written down. And so there's a lot, and I'm thinking about all these things in my head. And after doing it a while, you might just pick up and you're looking at different areas um, of a shooter and trying to figure out where's the, where's the big issue, what's throwing things off. And we can tell a lot by how the ball is hitting the rim. So we talk about this in our shooting camps. There's many different ways the ball bounces. Are you shooting short, shooting long, shooting left, shooting right? So if we're noticing you shot for two minutes and almost everything shot to the right, there's probably something in there that we can fix. So we're going to go through these areas and then the questions that I ask and the questions that you could be asking yourself as you shoot. And then you can evaluate what can I fix? And I don't know if I mentioned it, but we always just try to pick on one or two things. Might find nine, might find 15. You're not going to get better unless you focus on one thing. And what I try to do is pick the main thing. And so usually there might be one thing that's affecting your shot more than others. So we're going to dive in and coach can interrupt me whenever he wants to add any, any notes that he has. But the first place that I start looking is feet. When I'm looking at our feet, are we stable? Do we have a good solid foundation? So I'm going to look three questions. I ask, what's the width of our feet? Are they about shoulder wide? What's the depth of our feet? So if we brought our feet together, is my shooting toe going to be in front of my off toe? So if I'm right-handed, is my right foot going to be slightly in front of my left foot? And then the angle. So am I a 12 o'clock shooter, 11 o'clock, 10 o'clock? Honestly, we'd stay around that area. Anything that goes one o'clock or nine o'clock, probably need to adjust. So we start with our feet. We want to have a solid foundation. Like I mentioned for myself, I'm somebody who my feet can get too close together. So my width is with it or is inside of my shoulders, which makes me wobbly. The next thing we look at is, is knees. So when we're shooting the basketball, are knees straight or are they All right, one interruption real quick Yeah, go for um, it. and then you keep, keep going. Cause this is great stuff with the depth of the shot. The one thing that we talk about at our camps to help, you know, guide players into that straight line shot is if you're right-handed and your right foot's in front, if you took your left foot and you were to bring it across like a straight line across would the tip of that left shoe go into around the arch area of your right shoe. So it, it, it's not too far back that that left foot is behind your right foot. It's not, all the way up and even. So again, is this an exact thing? No, but it's a good cue that you have that left foot, for example, on a right-handed player, it's back enough that you've helped create that shot line with your right foot in front, but not too far back that you're really starting to lose some of that balance and the shot becomes a lot more of a push than actually being down and springing up into your shot. Yeah, so next, after we look at our feet, make sure our base is good. Then we kind of look at the ankles, knees, hips. So in that range, everything needs to be 
bent, loaded. So I have players that I've worked with who had straight knees. And sometimes just the tweak of, hey, you need to bend your knees in so that you can generate some power is enough for them to get there. And then the hips are the biggest one. We generate the most energy from our hips. So we need to check and make sure our, are our hips loaded. And how do we know if our hips are loaded? That means our hips are back when we're setting up to shoot. Not down, so we're not in the squatting position. We want our hips to be back, which naturally puts a bend in our knee, which will naturally put a slight bend in our ankle. And then making sure that we finish or that we're on our toes so that we're in a good, good position. That's our lower body. So a lot of players, it's somewhere there. Somewhere there's the issues with our legs. And then we move on to our shooting pocket. So All right, where so we interrupt you again. Yeah, go ahead. The one thing that you said that I love is natural. You said it feels natural for the player. And as we're shooting the basketball, yes, there may be some things that are uncomfortable because they've already done them the other way. But for the most part, when you start to break down shooting the basketball, there certainly is a lot of natural movement, right? We're not trying to get a player in this unorthodox, you know, mechanical position so that they can knock down more shots. Hips back, you'll have a slight knee bend, slight ankle bend, and then we're boom, we're coming out, up and out into our shot. Good stuff. Yeah, so then we're moving on to, to our pocket and having the ball actually in our hands. So the first question is, where are we catching the ball? Where do we like the ball to be before we get into our shot line? Most of us like it to be in line with our shooting hip or somewhere in our torso area. Are you starting with the ball below your waist or are we, are we catching it and starting it on our shoulder? That's something we can look at. Is it comfortable? Is it in line with the basket? Those are two questions that are really important. When you catch the ball, is it somewhere that actually feels good? Because if you're catching the ball and you're uncomfortable, that's going to make for an uncomfortable shot right away. And then is it in line with the hoop? If I'm catching, if I'm right-handed, I like to catch the ball close to my right hip in line with my right shoulder. If I'm catching on the other side of my body. It might be creating an awkward sway and might be pushing my shot way too far to the right or way too far to the left. There are players that like to do that. And as long as we're getting into the rest of it, it's totally fine. But we want to look at, is it something that's getting in the way of what we're trying to accomplish? And with the ball in our hand, is there a wrist wrinkle? So a lot of players will get, they shoot with their hands completely straight. That's how they catch the ball. Their, their hand is behind the ball, but not under the ball. So you'll notice my, my wrist is pretty bendy, so I can get it to a 90 degree angle. And I want to get a wrinkle in my wrist so that my, my hand can be under the basketball, not behind it. And so that's the second thing. Is my hand under the ball? So typically, if you have a wrist wrinkle, yes, it's going to be. And then we're talking about our guide hand there, too. Is my guide hand on the side of the ball? Is it next to my, my shooting hand? Is it on top of the ball? We want it to be on the side of the ball. And then does my guide hand come up when the ball comes up? We've, I've definitely seen players who leave their guide hand behind. It's, we talk about it all the time. It's really tough to keep that ball balanced and getting in a straight line if we leave our guide hand behind. So that's six questions right there. Coach, is there anything you wanted to add to those? You're firing these questions out fast and furious. I, I love it. This is great stuff. And you mentioned the wrist flexibility. We talked about this a little bit on the other episode. We just want kids to be able to understand to take care of that wrist wrinkle early or what I'll, I, I always say loaded. You'll hear me say loaded a lot at our shooting camps. And that is also our wrist is our wrist loaded. Now, Coach Nichols, he can get back to like 90 degrees with his wrist. I wish I could do that because I think that makes a much cleaner, fluid shot. I'm probably at like 45 degrees for those of you guys watching me on YouTube. 
if I'm going farther back than that, I have to, I mean, that's just not going to happen. Right. But it's still, it's still loaded for me. Right. And so to be able to get that load and concentrate on that early in the shot, instead of kind of that late wrist load and then release on the shot, or some players don't do it at all, that's going to hurt you because you're not going to get the hand underneath the basketball at the timing that is preferable because there's so much timing involved now with trying to load the wrist at the last second and get into the release. And then you get players that don't load the wrist at all. And then it becomes almost like either a a catapult where they just bring their forearm back and launch it, or because they're not loading their wrist, they'll bring the ball and they'll push it because their hand is basically behind the ball instead of loading the wrist and getting underneath it and into the shot. For those watching on YouTube, that'll make more sense because I just demonstrated uh, all of that, but I hope that makes sense as we continue to move forward. I love all the questions. I love the questions, coach, because again, this is teaching. This is education. This is like, yeah, I I like to view myself as more of a teacher than, than, you know, a, a coach or a trainer, honestly. And, you know, in education, you're, you're taught a lot about not just giving people the answers, right? But you're trying to give them opportunities to find the answers for themselves, which oftentimes means you're just posing the right questions to them. And then the answer that they come up with could be even better than the answer we give them ourselves. So that's why I think this is, this is such a great episode. Keep going. Yeah. So the next two things we'll go to are our motion and then our eyes. So with motion, if you're watching on video, you'll be able to see this a little bit easier, but I'm mostly curious how tight to the body the ball is or how loose it is. And there's a, there's a general range of tightness that's appropriate. And then eventually you get outside just a little too far where you start to lose power and generation generating power from your elbow. If we're a little too far out, I've worked with a couple of players that are like this, they bring the ball out in front of them. And honestly, like that's a ball that can get stolen really easy in a game too, if it's too wide out from your body. So as far as your motion, when you're bringing that ball up, how tight to your body is it? And tight's fine. If we're too loose, uh, that might be something we need to look at. And then is this a direct line that's up and out? Is it, is it a straight line or is it something that's going all over the place and that gets into our eyes? So are we left eye or right eye? And are we right-handed or left-handed? I've talked about this before, but if you're somebody who is maybe a right-handed shooter and a left eye dominant, you're actually working at a disadvantage already. Cause if you're trying to line up this shot, either your head's got to turn or your arms got to come in front of your head. And so I mentioned Devin Booker a lot. He's the hardest one to notice, but he is a right-handed left eyed shooter and he slightly turns his head. He brings the ball just slightly to the front of his face so that he can have a straight line on that motion. And so with our eyes, which eye are you? Are you dominant? left or right. And I'll ask players that. And, and sometimes they don't even know. So some, the easiest way to figure that out is put your hands in front of you, make a little triangle, put it up at the rim and then bring it back to your face. And you'll notice you focus with one eye over the other. And so with that, where are our eyes actually looking on the shot? So that's one thing I'll pay attention to a player when they catch the ball, when they're in their shooting motion, are their eyes locked on the target? Are they looking at the floor or are they looking at the ball when they're getting ready to shoot? Our brain does this thing. It calibrates where this ball is supposed to go. And the earlier we lock our eyes on the target, the earlier our brain can do the work and tell our muscles what kind of motion and what kind of power we need to put on this ball. And then the last thing I want to mention with eyes is the ball staying in front of our face or is it going behind our head? So we have worked with players in the past who bring that ball behind their head. 
this can create some awkward angles. And I've actually seen a few good shooters who who do this well. Nikola Jokic would be an example of this. Brings the ball behind his head. But if we can keep it somewhere in front, like we've talked about before, we're just trying to lower the amount of variables that exist in your shot so that you can have the most chance for success at, at something that we can reenact over and over and over again. Just like the wrinkle in the wrist, we don't want to do that last second because that adds a variable to our shot. Same thing if we bring the ball behind our head, that's an extra variable that's added to our shot because, shoot, you could hit yourself in the head with the basketball. Somebody could steal it from behind. So those are a few more questions that we want to ask about our motion as it pertains to our head and our face and our eyes. Coach, is there anything you want to add to that one? With uh, When you bring the ball too far back, I mean, you're really stopping the ball and then starting it again. And it becomes much more of an upper body shot, which is why I think the players that we've seen have success shooting it that way are really big, strong players. You know, Larry Bird was 6'9". Dirk Nowitzki was seven feet tall. You know, Jokic is what, seven foot one. Like, we don't, you don't see a lot of guards smaller players shooting the basketball that way. Right. And so you can, you can get away, I think with some of those things when you're you know taller than a lot of the people that are guarding you. Um, but when it comes to getting that shot off quicker and having the momentum, and we talked about being loaded hips, knees, ankles, shoulder, elbow, wrist coming up and out into the shot, the more we can keep that basketball moving fluidly instead of backs or stopping and then starting again, you know, the more effective our shot can be. The next two are a lot shorter, and it's just shoulder and elbow. So shoulder, you could look at way earlier. It just happens to be here. Is our shooting shoulder in front of our non-shooting shoulder? This one's really important, and not something I knew until I was working with Coach Kramer. Um, I was taught growing up that I needed to square up to the hoop, both my shoulders square, and you know what? Every time I would shoot the basketball, I would end up with my shooting shoulder in front at the end. And so imagine what would happen if we just started with our shooting shoulder in front on our, when we're squared up. That's going to allow us for a way more comfortable release. And so, again, it comes back to the question, is what we're doing comfortable? Squaring up, not always the most comfortable. Shooting shoulder in front, very comfortable. And then with that, our, our elbow, is it pointed at the rim on release? So we've we followed through, is my elbow in line with the rim? LeBron James is a perfect example of this. LeBron is, is a, <clears throat> how do I word this? He's had to learn how to shoot. But the one thing LeBron has gotten right in his career is he figured out when his elbows pointed at the rim, his shooting percentage shoots way up. But if you watch LeBron, sometimes his elbow gets all over the place and it's not pointed at the rim at the end of his shot. He's missing those shots. And it's no different with our players too. We want our elbow in a straight line pointed at, at the rim on release. And you know, it's okay. Some, we don't really... Um, we're not really legalistic on if your elbow's out before, but again, if we're trying to reduce the amount of variables that are in our shot, getting it in a straight line and getting it pointed at the rim on the release are two important things. It's a good thing that you mentioned that. And, you know, two things, one with the shoulder, we had a player, uh, from Northwest Ohio, actually, who, just like you said, he was very square when he went up into a shot and he would actually wait until he was in the air and then he would put his shoulder to the rim and he worked so hard. He missed a heck of a lot more shots than he should have because he waited until the last second to get his shoulder to the rim. He was actually up into a shot when he would do it. And it was almost like his mind and his body were fighting one another because his body knew 
I got to get this shoulder to the rim. His mind the whole time was telling him, stay square, stay square, stay square. And so that led to a twist in his shot, which caused him to miss more shots right and left than, than he should have. And so that was, that was a really good uh, point that I want to mention. The elbow, again, we're not, I think because of some of the body mechanics and how everybody's body is a little bit differently, you know, you're not going to get players that our elbow is perfectly underneath the basketball, centered underneath the basketball all the time, and that's fine. I, I would say that most basketball players, that elbow, I mean, if you had to draw an exact straight line from ball straight down to the floor with the elbow, it's probably not going to be in perfect alignment. And I think that goes back into just flexibility, some of the shoulder range as far as being able to get that shoulder in towards the basket. And so, again, it's not something that we – you know, really hammer home and say, this is wrong. This is wrong. If, if it's not there, what we do try to emphasize is what you've talked about with the finish. Like if we're, if we're getting consistent and then as we finish it's shoulder elbow to the rim, uh, we, we know we've done a pretty good job, you know, finishing the shot. Yeah. And we're getting pretty close to the follow through, but before we get to that follow through, let's look at how we're jumping too. So when we're getting our feet off the floor, there's a few things we want to ask ourselves. Are we going forward? backward, side to side, or straight up and down? So am I landing at an angle or in a new position? So again, we're not legalistic with this, but it is bad if you're landing backwards or side to side. If you land straight where, you've, where you jumped or slightly forward, <clears throat> you can have pretty good success there. And then are we landing at an angle? So sometimes we, if we're shooting, let's say we're a 10 o'clock shooter. So our feet are slightly turned to, to 10 o'clock. I guess on the video, it would look this way. Um, if we're, if we're shooting, the, shooting the basketball and we end up turning at an angle and, and maybe landing straight, we might need to be looking at that because maybe the ball is going to be finishing way farther to the right more often than we would like it to. So are your feet shooting, landing at a new angle than what they jumped at? That's something to look at. And then finally, with our jump, are we shooting on the way up or are we shooting on the way down? I've worked with some players who – they jump and then they get to the top of their jump and that's when they release the basketball and they've lost all power on that shot. So is the ball coming up first and then are we shooting at the top of our jump or are we shooting on the way down? Anything to add to that one, coach? No, this is good. This is good stuff. And, you know, players that just have that slight, slight pause and then they release it at the top. A lot of times their upper body in that shot. I was one of those kids. I mean, I was taught, you know, shoot a real true jump shot, wait, hang in the air until you're at the peak of the jump, and then you shoot it. And when I made the adjustment of letting the ball flow as I'm coming up and out into my shot instead of waiting and then letting it go, because I jumped pretty high, especially in my, my younger years um, shooting the basketball, when I made that tweak and I stopped jumping quite as high on my shot, and I let the basketball naturally come up and out instead of waiting and then letting it go, man, I started to shoot the basketball better and the, the comfort level and the ease that I shot it with went way up as well. So that's a good one. And you're, you're answering the next question that we have. Does the ball stay moving once the shot line is started? So we don't want to pause the ball at any point. We want to make sure once it's started, it's going all the way through. And then the last questions for our follow through, and, and a lot of these are checks once the shots actually happened. Did we have a wrist snap? So are our fingers to the floor at the end of that? Is our elbow above our eyebrow? So we talked about angles from time to time. 
we have somewhere between a 45 to a 60 degree angle. 45 is optimal. 60 degrees would be more on the Steph Curry range. Are we somewhere in that, in that range? Because if we're any lower than that, our shot's going to be too flat. If we're any higher than 60 degrees, the ball we're probably going to be airballing a lot. The ball's going to go pretty high in the air. Is our guide hand straight? So are we having any influence with the thumb flicking out or our whole hand flicking out? Or is our guide hand staying straight? Are we shooting through the guide hand and keeping it up with our line? That's a big one. A lot of the players I work with, they have some sort of issue either flicking the ball or they leave their guide hand behind or they're, they're, they're almost pushing against each other with their hands. That's a very common issue with a lot of middle school and high school players. And then finally, are we comfortable after we've shot the ball? When you shoot the ball, can you hold that follow through, see it go in? Do your arms sway? Do you land on the floor with some confidence? I do think there's something psychologically important to that. If you watch Clay Thompson shoot the basketball, you can tell when he makes or misses a shot just on how he lands. The dude's body shows it. So he can tell you if he was in a comfortable position, you'll notice his arms always sway. There's definitely nothing legalistic about whether your arms sway back or not, but it is an indicator. Is your shot comfortable? Because I do think that's important. Our shot should feel good. I love shooting the basketball because it feels good and it feels even better to make a basket. So that's a big one. And so there's, there's 27, 28, maybe 29 questions. How can we diagnose our shooting? Coach, is there anything you wanted to add on follow-through or just in general, other questions that, that popped into your head that I might've missed? Oh, this is great stuff. And so I, what I wanna have our listeners and, and those of you watching on YouTube to think about now is if, if you're a shooter or you're a coach, you're working with your players, uh, maybe you're a basketball trainer as well, trying to improve your shooting. Yeah, you may have a player who has, who doesn't have all these checkpoints that coach was talking about. Maybe there's something with their guide hand. Maybe there's something with their stance. Maybe there's, you know, a different height and point of release on the shot. And listen, you can be a great shooter and not check every single one of these boxes. Go back to what we talked about in the very beginning. What's one thing? What's the biggest thing that's holding you back from leveling up as a shooter? That's what I want you to attack. That's what I want you to attack. That's what I want to thank you, you to think about because that's going to give you the biggest jump in gains right away. So if let's say you, you have something with the release point on the shot, and let's say you have something with the guide hand of the basketball. And as you look at it, you say, you know what, the thing that's the biggest thing that's holding me back is not the guide hand. It's the, it's the release. Concentrate on that. Concentrate on keeping the basketball going up and out, hand underneath the ball, boom, and then send that baby to the rim. And don't worry so much about the, the guide hand on the shot right away, or maybe it's vice versa. Okay. So you don't have to necessarily check all of these boxes, just one thing at a time. What's holding you back the most, try to attack that first. And then you, you slowly whittle away at all these other options. Yeah. And the, the thing I always share and the story I share is myself as a player, I unconsciously did this as I grew. And coach, you've mentioned some things that you, you tweaked too. As a seventh grade player, I was somebody who flicked my hand. So between seventh and eighth grade, I changed that. In eighth grade, I was somebody who had my elbow all the way out because I had to generate power with two hands. Going into my freshman year, I got my elbow a little bit tighter so that it was always finished and pointed to the rim. There's things I added to my shot every year. I didn't fix it all in one year. It took seasons and thousands of shots. You can ask mm -hmm. my high school coach. I was there all the time at his house shooting the basketball. It definitely takes uh, the 
mental reps as well as the physical reps to improve yourself as, as a shooter. And we hope we've helped you with some of the mental reps right now as you're listening and starting to visualize either how you shoot or how you coach shooting with your players. So thank you guys for listening to the Coach's Edge podcast. Thanks for checking us out on YouTube. We appreciate you. Remember, positive rating review goes a really long way. If there's anything that we can do for you, please let us know. You know at this point in the year in the summer, we're up and running with our camps. Coach Nichols is a part of that as well as everything else that he's got going on. It's a busy man. But if there's anything we can do to help you out, especially regarding shooting the basketball, please reach out to us. Um, Twitter is Steve21Kramer. Coach Nichols, what's your Twitter handle in case anybody wants to reach out to you? Yeah, it's at J Nichols. So N-I-C-H-O-L-S 11. Perfect. J Nichols 11, Steve 21 Kramer. Feel free to let us know if you guys have any questions. If there's anything we can do for you, let us know. And as always, get after today.